Hey, Retrospectors, for our third birthday, we've filmed an hour-long Q&A answering your questions. We discuss our favourite facts, how we make the show, and what we've learned along the way. If you're already supporting us on Patreon, thank you. You can watch it right now at patreon.com slash retrospectors. And if you're not a Patreon member, sign up. You don't have to pay a thing to become a free member and watch it now. So check it out. It's free. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's August 8th, 1969. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. Just six photos were taken and five of them were objectively rubbish. But the sixth went on to become one of the most celebrated album covers in history because on this day in 1969, the four members of the Beatles marched across Abbey Road in an image that has been scrutinised and debated and emulated so many times that it continues to hold up London traffic to this day. Which makes it all the more entertaining that it was done in such a haphazard manner. I mean, they did at least go to the effort of hiring a photographer, a Scottish guy called <laughs> Ian McMillan. He was a friend of John and Yoko, so they didn't look particularly hard. No. He got on top of a stepladder and shot these six images. And I just thought, why wouldn't you shoot more? The, the Beatles only crossed the road three times one way, three times the other way. And the one that they picked was the only one where all of them were at full stride. So I was thinking, well, so they didn't agree to take more than six photos. They didn't even agree that they were going to walk in sync. That was obviously the desired effect because that was the one they ended up choosing. But it's like, why don't you just make them keep walking? You? You've got lots of photos of them in sync. Because they were the biggest band in the world and they could do whatever the hell they liked, basically. I mean, this is the same era if you've seen Get Back by Peter Jackson. It's the same era, isn't it, where they are obviously on the verge of collapse. They're four very individual personalities, which you can see in this image on Abbey Road, can't you? They're all wearing different suits. Mm. Um, And they are able to literally call the shots. And I feel like at this point, the Beatles were essentially trolling their management and everyone with them. (laughs) Shall we do this? Shall we? Because at one point, they were going to go to Nepal to film this front cover. And then after discussing set up to fly the Beatles to Nepal, think how difficult that would be. Paul was like, I've got a better idea. We're going to do it on a zebra crossing. Yeah, yeah, right out the front of the studio where we recorded the thing. It really did remind me of that scene in Get Back where they're trying to decide where their first live gig in years should be. But Paul suggests that they should play in, a, in the rain or in a snowstorm or something. And then Yoko Ono has this idea to do it in a stadium full of 20,000 empty chairs, which is so on-brand Yoko Ono <laughs> that it's not true. But then they discuss all of these other ideas. And then Michael Lindsay Hogg, who's the guy who shot the original document, suggests that they take a cruise to Libya where the band would perform in this crumbling amphitheatre in this ancient Roman city. And they're like, hmm, actually, maybe we just go do it on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> and that leads to the famous rooftop concert. There is just such a pattern of incredibly ambitious idea. Yeah. And then eventually, what's the closest idea? Yeah. We'll just do that one. <laughs> the reason that they were thinking about going to the Himalayas is because the working title of the album was Everest, which wasn't inspired by the majesty of the mountains, but by the cigarettes that were smoked by studio engineer Jeff Emmerich. They were Everest brand. I mean, they must have been thinking that the name Everest had connotations which 
spoke to the fact that they were having so much trouble in this period of their recording history. This was the last album that they recorded, although it wasn't the last album that came out, as any Beatles fan will tell you. In detail, across in eight detail. hours of a Disney Plus documentary. <laughs> right, yeah. So Let It Be came out uh, later, but this one had actually been the last one that they recorded. Well, and also at this stage in the Beatles' career, Everest is a bit of a big... It's a bit of a big ambition, isn't it? You know, you know that I don't think they could be confident at this point that what they were going to put out was going to be the peak of their career. And, it, and indeed, it got a pretty mixed reception from critics, although it's better regarded now. But it Not is just a better regarded. Come on. It is widely lauded as one of the best albums of all time, or at least yes. was in the 90s when you asked white guys what's the best album of all time. <laughs> but I still think it's probably in the top 50 for a lot of people. And I find that extraordinary because, yes, obviously, there's some great songs on it. But it does also have Octopus's Garden, which yeah. I just, there's something about the Beatles that I just really love that they do that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they basically have like Ringo's weird kids song on their, you know, one of their masterpieces. And what a missed opportunity. I mean, that could have been great cover art, couldn't it? <laughs> Every Beatle is a different tentacle. <laughs> Yoko Ono's Garden. <laughs> There's something weird about Paul's tentacle that starts a whole conspiracy theory. <laughs> so there was a conspiracy theory, basically, that Paul McCartney was dead and he was trying to signal this somehow through the front cover. The other Beatles were dropping hints that he was dead. So the story goes, Paul McCartney died in 1966 in a road accident and was replaced by a lookalike. Uh, in reality, at this time, he'd been spending a lot of time with his family in a remote area of Scotland. So the Abbey Road album cover went on to be one of the pillars of the conspiracy theory. And that was the fact that he was barefoot, like a dead body, everyone else is wearing shoes. Uh, also the fact that the number plate of the Volkswagen in the background reads, well, it actually read 281F, which unfortunately doesn't mean anything. But yeah. if you're the conspiracy theorist, you say, well, actually, maybe the one is an I, it's 28 if he had lived, even though Paul was only 27 at this time. There was one more amazing clue that uh, <laughs> if the writing on the wall on the back cover is split into sections, it apparently <laughs> conveys the cryptic message be at Les Abbey in numerology then the following two letters R and O are the 18th and 15th letters in the alphabet which by adding together you get 33 and you multiply that by the number 2 and we get 66 which is the year that Paul supposedly died McCartney predictably wasn't really thrilled about all this attention around his supposed death particularly the part about the bare feet because he only lived around the corner and he'd come around in sandals and just for a few of the shots he kicked them off and he said and this I just feel like this really gets to the nature of how weird it must be to be famous and have all these people think they know you so well from getting the barest snapshot. He said, when that comes out and people start looking at it, they say, why has he got no shoes on? He's never done that before. Okay, you've never seen me do it before, but in actual fact, it's just me with my (laughs) shoes off. (laughs) The decision was made by EMI, by John Kosh, actually, who worked for them, to not name the band or the name of the album on the front cover. There's not even like a road sign that says Abbey Road until you turn over the LP and see the back, which is quite a bold decision, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. It's not like there was, you know, like there would be now a big social media campaign so everyone knew what it was. But Kosh was like, well, they're the biggest band in the world. Everyone will know who they are and what they're doing. Though, that said, one of the uh, curiosities of the album cover is that there's a chap standing in the background, an American tourist who is in town for um, a holiday, and his wife had gone off to see some gallery that he wasn't interested in. And so he was like, instead of doing that, I'm going to wander the streets. But he is looking at the camera, and he later commented that he didn't recognise who they were. He said that they just looked like a bunch of kooks to him. So... 
I guess there were still some people on the planet who wouldn't have known what this album cover was advertising. And plenty of people who wouldn't know what or where Abbey Road was. I mean, since this day, Abbey Road Studios is so called because EMI realised they'd created this iconic moment and rebranded it to Abbey Road Studios. But before that point, no one, unless you were a real muso who read the music press, knew what Abbey Road was. It is... I mean, St John's Wood is a salubrious suburb of of northwest London with some nice delis and it's near Regent's Park, but it's not a tourist attraction. So, I mean, it really was the Beatles that put Abbey Road on the map. It's not like they called it Piccadilly Circus. But on the day that they were due to do this shoot, I mean, the reason that they took so few uh, shots is that they actually got a policeman to stop traffic. Yeah, they were literally standing in the middle of the road. Yeah, (laughs) they they put up a stepladder and the photographer climbed up there and he took the shots. But it doesn't sound like it was like a massive organised thing as it would be if, say, Beyonce were to do some huge photo shoot in New York at the moment. Like You you get the sense that they just commandeered the local Bobby (laughs) and said, would you mind just coming over here and stopping a few cars while we do this? The other person who had a bit of an unfortunate consequence of the photo shoot was the owner of the white Volkswagen Beetle in the picture with the famous number and that was because the person who owned it lived in the flats across from the recording studio so that was the place where he habitually parked his Volkswagen Beetle and it ended up being stolen multiple times by fans presumably fans of the Beatles Uh, eventually it was sold at auction for £2,530 and it's apparently now on display in a German museum away from the thieving hands of Beatles aficionados which actually is about as close as you can get to memorabilia from this iconic album cover um, because the suits went for like tens of thousands of pounds, didn't they, at auction? Yeah, yeah. And the crossing itself is now heritage listed, which means that you can't just... uh dig it up for your own personal pleasure if that's what you have in mind. <laughs> but I will say, go and if you're, if you're ever bored, there's a live webcam. Please go and access it and look. It's pointing directly at the Abbey Road crossing so you can enjoy these gaggles of tourists clustered on either side all day. Every single time there's a lull in the traffic, watch them race onto the crossing to try and get their picture. <laughs> it is quite hypnotic and it's evident <laughs> like how many people really don't know what they're doing because there's so many bad interpretations. There's like one person <laughs> with a shopping bag or like two people <laughs> that, that sort of facing the wrong direction against each other. It's so funny. Well, this is the problem, isn't it? You're on holiday and you think, well, we're nearby, we should go and do the photo. But to do the photo, you need the stepladder. You need to be in the middle of the road. There need to be four of you. Right. No one does that. They're just like, quick, quick, on the zebra crossing, quick, take a picture. You also must have exhausted absolutely every other thing there is to do in London, apart from Eminem's world by this stage. (laughs) (laughs) Is that always bottom of the list? (laughs) Has to be. That's the octopus's (laughs) garden of tourist attractions. (laughs) Tomorrow. And then obviously you had Mussolini come in and try and straighten the tower out, make it sink even more. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.